there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one beneficial page of Talmud every day. And here we are, friends, getting right into Tractate Shkalim, talking about how it is that communities ought to fund all the different obligations and responsibilities that they have. And in today's page, Shkalim 3, the very beginning, we get, well, sort of a statement of principle. Here's a little taste. The Mishnah taught that on the 15th of Adar, they repaired the roads that were damaged in the winter and the streets and the cisterns. And they did all that was necessary for public welfare. The Gemara explains, these are the matters necessary for public welfare. They judge monetary cases, capital cases, and cases that involve the punishment of lashes. And the court also redeems valuations, consecrations of articles for temple or priestly use, and consecrations for temple maintenance or as offerings. Now, our guest today, I'm pretty sure, has very little to do with the punishment of lashes, but she is one of the most thoughtful people out there who not only think about Jewish philanthropy, but help run all these communal obligations. She is the president of the Natan Fund, the director of the Jewish Community Response and Impact Fund that sprung up after COVID to make sure that organizations that are struggling could stay afloat and continue to do the good communal work that they're doing. She is my friend, Felicia Herman. Hello. Hey, Leo. So, Felicia, as someone who, again, not only thinks about these issues deeply, but is also at all these junctures in which these decisions are being made, here we are learning today from the Mishnah about the responsibility of the community to do all these kinds of things for, as the Talmud so beautifully puts it, public welfare. Now, this concept and how we approach it has changed radically, not just from the Talmud's time to our own, but really kind of from generation to generation. I was wondering, as someone who's really in the sort of perfect position to answer this question, how is it that our thinking about our responsibilities vis-a-vis public welfare have changed? And where are we now? How do we imagine what it is that we ought to do as a community and how do we ought to go about doing it? Well, one of the things I really love about looking at Jewish sources on giving is that there's really a sense that it's incumbent on everyone to give. So if you look at even the half shekel for the temple, everyone has to give that. We even learn that poor people have to give. This is for obviously a few reasons. One is to build your relationship with God. Another is to build your relationship with your community. And the third was really a recognition that the very act of giving conditions your soul. So Maimonides, who had a lot to say about Sadaka, said that if you, for example, have a thousand coins, you should not give it once, not give those thousand coins just to one person, but apportion it out like a coin a day to a different person to get yourself into the habit of giving, like for the benefits of your soul. So today for in philanthropy, we might say, well, the you know 1,000 coins going to one individual might have more of an impact on that individual or organization than the one coin a day rule. But I think what's really important here is that Jewish texts don't only treat giving as something that you do for other people. It's also something that you do for yourself. It's part of the cultivation of your own soul as a thoughtful person, as a caring person. That's been one of the animating elements of my work over the last 20 years, most especially through Natan and 
through work that we've done outside of Natan or beyond Natan rather to help people build giving circles because a giving circle is just a group of people who come together and decide together the kind of change that they want to make in the world really empowers every individual in the way that I think the Jewish texts were trying to do too, really empowers every individual to wake up in the morning, think about themselves as a giver and decide what kind of change they want to make in the world with their giving. Then the beauty of the giving circle model, which is not for everybody, not everybody likes doing this collaboratively, but the beauty of the giving circle model is that allows you to pool your money with other people so that you can have an even greater impact on the world with your giving. This is very fascinating as someone who observes this world sort of from the outside looking in, as I imagine many of our listeners do. The notion that giving is not necessarily only about sort of like the bottom line, you know, how many dollars to which organizations, but it's also about cultivating this consciousness of, of giving and doing it collectively as a community of givers is really interesting. Yeah, you know, we focus a lot of attention and a lot of criticism on the very wealthy people who give, usually through foundations, and what they give to. People love to criticize what the foundations are giving to. The big foundations are only about 20% of American Jewish giving, and all the rest of the funding for Jewish communal life comes from individuals. Now, sometimes that comes through federations. It's individuals giving to federations, but it's also just individuals giving to the things that they care about. We've seen that so much during the pandemic. You know, I you introduced me as the director of the Jewish Community Response and Impact Fund. So I've been lucky enough to direct the grant program of that fund, which has given away about $20 million over the last year, just from a couple of family foundations. There was a, a parallel loan fund that gave no interest loans to Jewish organizations as well. But that combined 90-something million dollars is just the tiniest sort of drop in the ocean. I don't want to minimize it. It's a lot of money. But it's a drop in the ocean of Jewish philanthropy. So if you go to any of the sectors of Jewish communal life today, the camping system, the day school system, Hillel's, they'll all tell you that, yes, major givers have stepped up, which has been really powerful, but it's the individuals who care about their local institutions who have really enabled the Jewish communal infrastructure to survive over this last year. I was talking to Jeremy Fingerman, who runs the Foundation for Jewish Camp, and he estimates that over 15,000 individual donors have given more than $45 million to the Jewish summer camp system just since the pandemic started. The more that we can recognize that each of us has the power to change the world with our giving, the better off we're going to be, and the less we will sit around sort of pointing fingers at other people and the way that they give. Felicia Herman, for all of your wisdom and for all that you do and for being our guest today, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. It's great to be with you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi. Or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic.
and we'll see you again soon.